Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. One of the things we have to understand, though, is this, is that we have to figure out where is God speaking to me? A lot of times we get a lot of stuff like God's speaking in my mind, God's speaking here. No, God speaks to you in your spirit. And what happens is you got to understand like the spiritual climate, and I'm going to explain that because your conscience really becomes the voice of God internally, but your conscience isn't safe till you train it. You got to train it to the word of God. That's why renewing your mind is so important. This is why everybody's like, read your Bible. People don't know why they're reading their Bible. That's why it gets boring sometimes. Did I just say that? Yes, I did. That's why you're not doing it. Like, why do I? Because you got to get familiar with God's voice. I heard a story. Maybe some of you heard it. I'm not a big story guy, but this story hit me. I was in this series, getting ready, preparing, and I was, I was flipping through, and I caught this story, and maybe you heard it. it it's life-changing. There was a preacher, and he was getting ready. He was in somewhere, getting ready in the airport, and he was getting ready to go take a trip, and it was a true story. And while he was there, something happened with the commercial flight. It was one of these flights, like, you know, they were going, and you know how that goes sometimes. Hey, we don't have enough this, we don't have enough that. And the flight was getting delayed, and the guy had to get to where he's going. And there was a guy in the airport who said, hey, this plane just got canceled, and we're stuck. What are we going to do? And the guy had said, hey, look, he said, I got great news. I got a plane. You know, I don't have a big plane, but I got a plane big enough to take us to A to B, and we can get there. And I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there. Uh, I went once. It was kind of cool. I remember one of the guys from the church, you know, we get up there, you know, it's like a Cessna, it's like a 172 or something. You know, he's like, hey, you want to drive? I'm like, yeah, this is great. You know, follow the beach. You know, it's like, I'm not landing in, I'm not doing nothing. I want to sit in the back with peanuts and a Coke Zero, but hey, I'll just give it a shot. Until Brian starts picking me up with the G5, we'll just roll like this. And I'm doing my thing. It was great. And the guy tells the story in the airport. He goes, against my better judgment, not knowing this person, I said, you know what? He looked at his buddy. He said, let's go. We can get there. We'll fly with him. He's a pilot. He's got the plane. Let's go check it out. Well, they get in there, and they said, give it a shot. They put the things on. And as they're lifting off, and as they go, they got so far, and they got to a place in the altitude, and whatever happened, the guy that's the pilot wound up passing out. He's out cold. Don't know what happened, could have been altitude, could have been this, could have been whatever. He's telling the story. It's a true story, right? He's sitting there, he's telling it. He said, and as he passes out, he woke up to the fact that we're in a lot of trouble because I don't know how to fly a plane. The guy in the back don't know how to fly a plane, and we got real problems right now. So they figured out real quick. They said, we better go get on, get on this thing and try to talk to somebody that can help us. Immediately, they say it. They figured out how to use the thing. It's, you know, it's the headset's on, and they called the tower or wherever they called and the guy on the headset said this to him. He said, this has happened before. Something's gone wrong and somebody that doesn't know nothing about a plane is here. And he said, this doesn't, and the guy was straight. He goes, this doesn't usually end up good. That's really reassuring while you're in the plane thinking. But the guy wanted to get his attention and let him understand. And he said this to him. He said, if you don't listen to what exactly I tell you to do, you're going to die. And there ain't no doubt about it. He said, okay, and he started listening and, you know, tried to figure out some stuff, and they got a little bit, and he got a little nervous, he was nervous, and he said, he said, you're going to have to do everything I tell you to do. Again, came back on a little bit later while they're, you know, figuring out altitude. He said, you can't see me, but I see you. 
I see exactly where you are. I know your radar. By the radar, I can tell where you are. I know your altitude. And I'm getting ready to tell you something. If you don't lift the altitude in the next five minutes, you're going to hit a mountain and you're going to die. So listen to what exactly what I tell you to do. They did whatever they did. They got through that. Three quarters of the way through, he's getting ready. It's almost time to try to put this thing down. They got to where they needed to go. And the guy reiterated one more time. He said, I'm telling you, if you don't listen to exact, I know you can't see. I know you're nervous. I know you're freaking out. But if you don't listen to exactly what I tell you to do, you're going to die. I said, okay. Followed the instruction, did everything he did. He said, I went to go land the plane. And right before I landed the plane, I'm putting the yoke down. I'm trying to figure it out. He's trying to get this thing all balanced out. It's a nightmare. Scared, freaking out. He said, I want you to trust me. You're going to have to trust me. You don't know what you're doing. I understand you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to use the pedals. You don't know how to push. But just do what I tell If I tell you to take the right foot, but I can see you. You can't see me. I know what you need to do to live. But if you don't listen to what I tell you to do, you're going to die. He said, well, I landed the plane seven times because it was bouncing down the runway. Everything was okay. Everything worked out. Thank God they were alive. He said they put him up in the hotel because they wanted to inter- they interview you. You know, like, how'd, you, how'd this happen? Well, why were you in the plane? And they, they interrogated, they did all this stuff. And he said the next day, there was a knock on the door. And the guy at the door said, hello, is anybody there? And he said, I know that voice. The guy opened the door and they were hugging, crying and all that stuff. He goes, you're the voice. You're the voice. You're the voice that told me if I didn't listen to exactly what you said, I was going to die. And I did listen to what you said, and I didn't die. And I thought about following the voice of God. How important is us to hear his voice, follow his voice? How critical is it for us to understand whose voice we're listening to? And I was getting ready to talk about following God because I think people think there's a lot of noise. And we live in a generation right now that's so great with technology, but it's so noisy it's sometimes impossible to hear. We got, we, we're rolling information at a rate of speed we've never seen before, man. This stuff is like, I don't know, they did some survey because we're, we're, we're launching, you know, I don't know, we're doing shorts and we're doing all this video stuff. It's like not even, you got two seconds to grab somebody's attention or they're gone. So I guess like when we were kids, it was like 10 minutes or whatever. Now it's like two seconds. If you ain't, they're scrolling, they're gone. They're gone. It's just moving. It's moving so fast. So all this noise, how do I hear God? How do, and then you got teaching, and you got this, and you get all these doctrine, and God's here. God, no, God's in his word. And the more you become one with God's word, the more we know who God is. But sometimes it's not, it's not easy for people to navigate life. And this month, I want to start talking about, let's follow God. I'm not sitting here telling you it's not important to follow him. It's the most important decision you can make in your life. First and foremost, I wonder if we're even checking in, and then sometimes how do we navigate clearly who it is speaking to me? Let's look at the word, because here's the thing. And I always told them in the morning service, it was funny. I said, you got a lot of stuff. It's a little wild in the body of Christ, a little too wild for me. You're to be led by this, and you're to be led by that, and I do not despise dreams, and I do not despise prophecy, and I do not despise all this stuff. It's all great, but I know this. God's not going to stoop down to the man's level to reveal himself to you. You've got to lift yourself up to God level and instruction from the Word of God to find out who God is. So I got no problem with it all. I love it. But if you're going to understand the more sure word of prophecy, it's the Bible sitting on your lap. 
That's the lead. That's the guide. That's the way to be led. And I told him in morning, you better check what I tell you. Well, he said this. Well, guess what? You better make sure what I say is the truth. I told you about the Holy Ghost. You better go in Acts 19. You better go to Acts 1. What did he say about the Holy Ghost? I'm telling you about faith. You got to follow and study to show yourself approved. Because some of this stuff that I hear, you cannot scripturally determine that to be the truth. It's a nightmare. And Christians, you know, Brother Hagin said it like this one time. He said, you ever see baby, you ever see baby birds in the nest? All they do is got their mouth open. Shove everything you got in there. Ah, just shove it in. They don't care. What do you mean? Just because somebody walking around saying they got a PhD and something? That don't mean they could be a post hole digger for crying out loud. That don't mean they got no sense in their head. Right. Oh, you got a church. You must know what you're talking about. Give me a break, man. You got to rightly divide the word of truth. You know this stuff. So let's look at the Bible and say, hey, am I being led? Do I even want to be led? Some people don't even want to be led. But we got to learn this. We have to allow our conscience to be developed through renewing it so it can be safe, guide, and we can hear clearer. That's the truth. But people don't even know where God speaks to them. I'm going to show you in the series. Look right here. John 10 and 1. Y'all know this. Verily, verily, I say to you. Jesus got our attention. Verily, verily, I say to you. Verily, verily, I say to you what? He that entered not into the door of the sheephole, but climbeth in some other way is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in through the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Now, right? Ain't that good? Remember in the beginning we didn't know one another? I didn't know your voice. You didn't know my voice. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, when Jerry calls me up, I, I don't have to say, who is this? I ain't never said that to them. Brian called me up. I don't go, who is this? Some of you call me up. I don't know your voice. If I don't know your voice, I'm like, who is this? But from spending time together, I know your voice. If you call, I don't go, who is this? Because we've been spending time together. That's why you spend time in the Word. It's not to click the little link of your Bible reading app to say, oh, I read my Bible today. It's to get familiar with God's voice. When I get familiar with God's voice because him and his word are one and him and his spirit are one, I start understanding who God is. So you're not reading to finish a Bible plan. You're reading to find out who God is. And one of the greatest proofs of love is to spend time with someone. If you spend time with people, you start what? Showing the affection that you have for them. So when you go to spend time with God, you're proving to God that you love him. It's not a merit badge of reading the Bible. You don't get scout awards for this stuff. It's God, I want to know you. I want to know your voice. I want to hear you. I want to know what, how you think. I want to know how you respond. Every Bible story you see was not to give you a story. You know, when I look at those stories, I see him when he caught the woman in the midst of adultery and he said, throw a rock. You're not looking at just Bible stories. You're looking at the heart of God towards mankind. You see Peter sinking in the lake. You look at the grace of God to pick you up when you're falling down. You don't just read these stories. You're finding God's character. You're seeing how he responds. When you're looking at him being brutally destroyed on the cross for your sins, and he looks and says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That looks insanity to me. But you get the heart of God to love people even when people ain't loving you. You start seeing God like you've never seen before. The pages of the Bible start to unfold the character of who God is. They're not just stories. They're life examples. 
They show you you got to walk through some painful seasons. They show you that God's faithful even when you don't understand. They explain to you things about stuff I don't even have a shadow of a doubt about what's going on. Sometimes when the world flips upside down, he's still holding the world. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who's holding tomorrow. I don't know what's going on, but I know he can now. Make sure you listen to my voice. Because even though life don't look like you know where you're going, what did that guy say? If you listen to my voice, you're going to make it. So you've got to understand, am I listening to God's voice? Am I listening to me? A lot of noise out there, a lot of voices in your head. How do we clearly identify him? Look what he says. He said, my sheep, they know my voice. Now watch this. He calls his own sheep by name and leader. And when he put forth his sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. That's the number one reason why you're spending time in the word of God. I gotta get familiar with God's voice. And I'm telling you, if you wanna hear God's voice, open his word. People are looking for God over here. And trust me, I've been here. I've opened the Bible a hundred times looking for Chris, 842, here's what you do. Have not found it? Check the maps, check the appendix. I checked everything in the thing. I tried to look. I was even really stressed out. I almost went and got the book of wisdom, try to figure out if it's in there for my life. It's not there. Don't go there. You get what I'm saying here? Are you seeing this? I understand. It doesn't say, hey, do this, or hey, do that, or hey, start the business, or hey, marry this person, or hey. No, it's not. You got to be led by the Spirit of God. It's not what faith would it take if everything was laid out right before you. Do this, don't do that. It's got to take faith. Faith's got to kick in sooner or later. So you got to allow it to start kind of working, and we're going to explain this, but look what he says. And the stranger, woo, verse 5, they will not follow but they will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. Come on, you ain't gonna follow the strange voice. Now look at this. I gave him this scripture earlier. Can we go to that John? Uh, let's go to that John 14, 15. I know, I, I, yeah, good. Because you gotta see this scripture. This scripture is gonna change your life. Because a lot of you think, I don't know God. You know God. Look at your neighbor and say, you know God. Look at your other neighbor and say, you know God. Say it. Say it like, say it with a little sassiness. You know, you know God. Give me a little, you know God. You, hey, man, you know God. You might not think you know God, but you know God. You know what I'm saying? Is this fun? Touch your neighbor. Tap your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, turn around three times. God's in a turnaround. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. Remember that back in the day? Turn around. It's been supernatural debt reduction. Supernatural debt. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. It was weird. Look, if you... <laughs> It's a little rough back in the 80s. They were trying with the best they had. You know what I mean? It's like, we run around the building seven times, get a miracle, get a miracle. I ain't run around nothing unless you better guarantee me a miracle, bro. I'm tired, right? If you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. Now, that's a good scripture. And let me give you like a really great point here. I told God one time, I said, I don't love you right there. Now, you might think that's weird, but that's the truth. I got news for you. It's no mystery that God has already figured out your heart why are you lying to yourself? I literally looked at God straight up with my prayer life and said, I'm not going to do that right there in that book because I don't want to do it. So that must mean I don't love you there. Let's work on my heart. You better get there quick. It was no mystery to God. I think he's happy because you finally acknowledge the truth that I already know. That's how you grow. Because when people are nasty and you still got to love nasty people, that ain't easy. And you got to bless people that cuss you. They were cussing me out, man. And I was like, why do I have to hear this nonsense? 
You ever wonder why you got to hear all your critics? Oh, God in heaven, I asked that question. I said, hey, God, here's the deal. If everybody's talking about me, let them talk about me and let me not know it. I said, why in heaven do I got to hear my critics? He goes, how are you ever going to walk in love? Because until you hear your critics, how are you going to bless them that curse you? You don't know they're cussing you. How are you going to do good to them that don't despitefully use you until somebody use you? I'm using all these people as a stepping stone to my success. You're looking at them like they're problems. I'm looking at them like they're promotions. Somebody should have said amen right there. You didn't catch me. I'm going too fast. I'll put in a lower gear. What did I just say? Why, why, why are they, they cussing me out? Why do I got to hear it? Bless them that cuss you. Now, that ain't just cursing. That's putting word curse. They talking about me. I said, praise God, where are they? Why, are you going to get mad at them? No, I'm going to give them some money. Oh, they were talking. I ever tell you that one? I'll tell you, this one's legit. I got a phone call from Tennessee. Zona called me up. Brother Norval's there. And Brian, you're going to like this, so pay attention, right? She called me up. She said, so-and-so, I knew who they were, two preachers. They, they told me this. They told me that. They talking about me. Boy, I, I said, why, number one, why she got to call me? So I, I yes, she did. She told me who they are. I know who they are to this day. I said, okay. So I got it done. I walked away, and I went to, I went to Liz. I said, I said, give me personal checks. But we got to do this slick because I can't let them know it's me. So how are we going to do this? And I said, I can't do that. I said, can't, I said, I know what to do. I'll send them an offering in cash. I'll seal it. But I got to get somebody to leave in the state because I don't want them to even see what state it came from. We didn't have all this zill and zell and all that, you know, gifts. I don't know how you do all this junk. But I give the phone to them, the kids. They know how to do it. And she goes, what do you want to do? I said, put money, cash money, seal it, put it in there, and send it to them and send it to their ministry, but make sure they know they got it. Did they know where it came from? No. She walked away. They were looking at me like, why'd you do that? I said, I don't want nobody getting in my heart, and I ain't going to let a fence get in there, and I know where my treasure is, my heart is, so if I sow my seed, a fence can't get in. You better start paying attention. This is how you do it. People think like you're a rookie at this. I told you, you don't want me fixing your car. You don't need me calling over for roof problems. Call him. I still need that bathroom. Get this done. Come on, right? All this up. Hello? But this, I know a little something. Just a little. I don't even know that, that, that much about God. You don't let nothing get in your heart. You don't let offense get in your heart. But you're going to hear your critics because you got to grow in love. So bless them that do good to them that, come on, man. I told him in the church one time, I said, if you're mad at me, bring me. Remember that? Yeah, Billy, you remember that? I said, if you're mad at me, bring me chocolate-covered brownies. Don't make them. Buy them, because I don't know if you can cook. This joker brought me peanut butter brownies. I got all excited. You know what I said next week? If you're mad at me, send me money. Anybody offended, just give me cash. That's way better. I said, you're bringing brownies. You're bring <laughs> you need to laugh. Some of you need to catch up. It's like almost 1130. You should be awake by now. Come on. Look at this. If we love him, keep his commandments. And I will pray to Father, and he will give you another... Comforter. You know what that comforter is? The Holy Ghost. Now you got the Holy Ghost. Now watch this, right? And the comforter, he will abide with you for how long? Ever. He ain't going nowhere. You got the Holy Ghost. He ain't leaving you. Even when you're a ding-dong, he stays for the ride. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm doing this really, God, oh my God. You, never, you ever wonder if God really second guesses saving you? Because I do. <laughs> I'm like, God, you sure you really want me? 
I went to the school. I went to the school. Remember we fed the kids? We went to the high school. And you could tell some of these teachers. Did one guy come out of detention? And I was like, how's it going? He goes, man, it's rough in there. I said, I spent my life in detention. Go back and tell them all. They're all going to probably be preachers. Glory to God. Amen. You got a good bunch in there. But look at this next verse. Read this next verse. Even the spirit of truth, which the world cannot receive, because it knoweth him not, but you know him. For he dwells with you. He said, you know him. You know who? You know the Holy Ghost. He lives in you. I don't think I know God. Trust me, you're hearing God a whole lot more than you think you are, but he sounds like you. Because he's more like you than you realize, because here's what you got to get. Now, I like this. Don't get mad at me, and don't write me a letter, because I don't read none of my critics. I bless you and pray for you, but I don't read it. The Holy Spirit has never convicted you a day in your life. It's baloney. He brings conviction. No, 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 no. He brings his word. You convict yourself when your conscience has been developed towards the word of God. That's why you got a bunch of carnal Christians running around. They don't know nothing. And then you get mad at them like, why are they carnal? They don't know nothing. I got buddies. They got saved. They got saved. They got like fire insurance, but they ain't got no sense. They're struggling with the simple things because they have not renewed their mind to the word of God. The only reason why saved people are carnal, saved people are going to heaven, man, and God's not trying to keep people out. But carnal people are just unrenewed in their mind. So they by default go back to this thing instead of living out of this, and the next thing you know, they're acting a fool even though they got God living in them. And then you see people trying to be good that ain't saved. They ain't going to make it. Saved people go to heaven. This is true. And you get mad. Why are they so messed up? Why are they struggling with that? Because their, their mind is unrenewed. You got dominion over everything. Ain't nothing got you. There ain't an addiction in the world, a bondage in the world, a none of this nonsense in the world holding you back from nothing. God gave you power and authority over all of it. You ain't got to live weak because that people don't know what the grace of God is. They jacked up the grace of God so bad in the church, it became sloppy mercy, and you know it's true. I love the grace of God. It's sloppy mercy is what it is. It's the definition of it. You better be the God's honest truth. Get, just act the fool. No, grace, okay, what's, okay you want to see it? You guys are smart, so think. What's, think about Old Testament and New Testament. I'll give you, I'll give you the proof. You ready? Because grace is power. It ain't sloppy mercy to keep acting like a clown. Because you are greater than you think you are. I'm just human. You ain't human. Stop talking to yourself like that. You're a supernatural being. Well, I'm just a human. I make mistakes. Yeah, be quiet. You ain't a human. You're a supernatural being. Start living up to the label. Stop talking to yourself like you're a man. You're not a mortal man. You're a supernatural man. Okay, think about Old Testament, New Testament. You ready for it? Old Testament says if you stone somebody, you're to be stoned. New Testament says if you hate somebody, it's as good as murder. What's harder? What's harder? New Testament. Bible says in the Old Testament, if you sleep smart, you commit adultery, you'd be killed. New Testament says if you think lustful thoughts in your mind, it's as good as committing adultery. What's harder? Come on, guys, wake up. What's harder? New Testament. Well, why is New Testament easier? Because he gave you grace to overcome all of it. You're a dominator. You're not weak. Wake up. You're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You could bury all them things. Amen. Grace is a supernatural power to give you access to act like God, be like God, walk like God, talk like God, and actually what? Embody God, all God in the body. Colossians says it. Deity. You know, you couldn't find, somebody said you can't find deity in there. You can't, all God in the body. Look it up. Look it up in the Greek and study it. You know what it says? That deity is arised inside of you. That means Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That means you're a dominator of the earth. 
Church want to talk down. You ain't that. You ain't this. You can't do this. You can't speak. call things that be not as have the same creativity as God, have the same power as God. Start demanding, decreeing. Supernatural ability. But we're unrenewed in our mind. That's why it looks like it doesn't work. Because if you believed everything you said came out of your mouth, what would you say? What do you think James chapter 3 was saying when he said this? We put a bit in a horse's mouth. We put a bridle in the mouth. What do we do? We put a shrutter in a ship. Any man could steer his body if he could tame his tongue. Because where your tongue goes, your body goes. It's a law. If any man offend not in word, he's a perfect man. So you can be perfect. I thought I'm not perfect. If you shut your mouth, you'd be perfect. I'm not being mean. I love you, but you can't just be talking like, you know, I'm broke, I'm sick, I'm blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, we blab it, grab it. I said, you know what? I'm blab it, grab it. Don't get mad at me because you can't have it. Praise be to God. I don't care. You confession, possession, yeah, I'm confession, possession, speak it. Call, I'm just acting like God. When you act like God or your goofy friends get mad at you. That's, right. That's why I don't tell your friends nothing. If they can't get in a place of agreement with you, stop talking. Because I don't know, I don't know about you, I'm going to say something, you probably might like it. If Joseph would have shut his mouth, maybe his life would have been easier. Maybe you ain't supposed to share a dream. I don't see the Bible said share your dream, Joseph. Just a little food for thought, go home and think about it. Let me tell you the dream I had last night. I seen everybody there worshiping me. Good job, bro. <laughs> tell the devil right where you're at. <laughs> no, bro, how about this? I had a good night's sleep. It was great. See you in 20 years. I don't know. I'm just thinking outside the box just a little bit. Maybe you don't need to share everything with everybody. Okay, maybe God had a plan. I don't know. Ask God. Pray about it. You got an alternative to talk to God about it. Here we go. Ready? Boom. He, you know him. Don't forget it. Here we go. Ready? Write this down. I got to locate where God speaks to me. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.22. You got to realize God does not speak to your head. He speaks to your heart. Your heart renews your mind. Don't, don't, I don't like this conversation. I'm not picking on nobody, please. I don't want to seem like I'm a jerk, but I want you to get this. Say, oh, God, and it trickles down. It doesn't trickle down from nowhere. God does not speak in your head because in your head is not where God communicates with you. It's in your spirit. And then your spirit renews your mind. You get this? You ever hear this thing? Oh, God comes in your head, and then you got to let it drop down in your heart and do all this jazz. No. Mark chapter 4 says immediately when you hear the word of God, it was sown in your heart. Immediately where the word of God is sown, it goes in the heart. And because you understand it, not in your heart, Matthew says what? The enemy comes and steals it. Why? Because you don't have understanding. Where, when a man hears with his ear, it goes in his heart. So when God speaks to you, it goes in your heart. Because God knows where the fertile ground of fruit grows is in the heart, not in the head. He don't waste seed. So God don't speak nothing to your head. He speaks it to your heart. And then your heart renews your mind to what? And it tells your body. Now, that's a big one. And I got on you body people earlier, and don't get mad at me, okay? Nine o'clock, I got on them, okay? You better take care of your body. You only got one, and it came from God. It's not yours. Stop living like this nonsense. Take care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because I got one buddy. I know he's watching, and I love him, and he knows, and I'm not picking on him. I said, you better stop smoking, and you better stop jacking around with your lungs. Take care of yourself. Now, look, if you smoke, don't write me a letter. I don't care. I love you. This is not condemnation Sunday. This is I love you and care about you. <clears throat> I, I, 9 o'clock, he said, when lifestyle. I don't know what I was doing. I probably wasn't doing stuff right. I want you to take care of yourself, man. You only got one body, and it's not yours. It's God. And if that offends you, then you've never been around somebody that loves you. Because I love you. I don't say that to be a jerk. I understand it's hard. That's why I don't drink. 
That's why, look, no, I'm going to be straight. Why does Pastor, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do this, I don't eat gummies, I don't stay medicated, I don't even take melatonin for crying out loud. I'm wired too, right? You know why? We started the church. I told her, could I? I could, but I never will. Why? Because some of you struggle with that. And you're never going to look at your pastor and say, he does it, it's okay for me to do it. Because I had a buddy that stood drunk for two years because the guy in the pulpit couldn't get it together. I don't care what you do. I'm telling you what I'm going to do. Win. Because I got people in here struggling with drugs and drinking. They look at me and go, Pastor Chris does it. It's okay for me. No, it ain't okay for me because I don't do it. That's right. And if you do it socially, that's your own business. I ain't telling you what to do. But when you look at me, the reason why I'm telling you is because I care about you. And I built my life about caring about you. And I ain't even going to play around with it. Somebody told me, well, you could. Yeah, I could, but I don't. Right. Why? So I'm not a jerk. I'm not coming here and telling you this because I'm being a jerk. Right. I'm telling you this because I love you. And you only got one body and you got to take care of it because you're responsible for it. And when you see God, you know what he's going to say, what'd you do with my body I gave you? Yep. Your body's not your own. It's the temple of God. Take care of your house. Amen. And you young people, stay away from these losers that don't, they act, they're ding-dongs. Do this and act like this. They're good people, I understand. I'm not trying to be mean. Peer pressure, junk, to be like everybody else. No, blaze your own chair. Be a pioneer. Okay? That's my little soapbox. I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm repentant. Was that good? Did I do good? Okay, I got to check with my wife. Sometimes she said, you're a little too much, man. You're a little aggressive. Does everybody say I'm okay? My mother says okay. Forget, I'm not going that way. Forget it. I'll get in trouble there. All right, right. You, God knows, man. God knows. I told you, look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23 while I'm still safe. And the very God of peace, saying, but why am I telling you that? You got to take care of your body. It's your, it's your, it's come from God. It's your earth suit. You got no right in the earth without a body. So if your body goes, boom, your spirit's gone. That's it. The, show, the show's over. It's over. That's why I got to take care of yourself. We need you in the earth to fulfill your assignment. You know, this one's a little touchy, but I don't really care. You want to know why the enemy wants to destroy mankind? Doesn't want babies to be born in the earth? I never really understood. I asked God. I said, God, why is that? I know it's big, but why is it so big? He said, just like in the days of Moses, deliverers are being born. And I need deliverers in the church to lead it into the future. And that's why the enemy's hell-bent on killing them. Because those babies are deliverers on the earth to lead people to Jesus. The best answer I ever got in my life. Why is it a big deal? That's why. And some of you got an assignment. I don't care if it's one person. You know, I talked to somebody not too long ago. Oh, we talked to Dr. Brother Avanzini. He's taught, he gave, he's coming. I got to get this all worked out. I'm going to get Brother John to come, Dr. Rob. But I talked to Brother John, and he said this. He said, I was a brick mason. And he said, I had this guy, Tom. I said, yeah. He said, Tom was a good man, and he went to church. And he said, I knew if I went to church with Tom, I could be a good man. His testimony. And he said, I went to church, and that somebody's got church, and I got saved. I let him share it. It's so powerful. And I thought about all the things he did and built for the kingdom of heaven. But one guy, Tom's obedience to live a life in Christ and look like Jesus sent this whole ministry into motion. 19, I think it's 19, it was crazy. It's, I'll get the numbers, 12, $12 billion raised for the kingdom of heaven or something ludicrous like that from one man's ministry. You don't think the devil wanted to kill that guy? You don't think he didn't want him to know the truth? But one guy, Tom. You never see Tom. Tom's going to go to heaven and be a hit, man. You're going to go to heaven and go, whose house is that? It's Tom. Who's Tom? 
Never seen Tom on TBN. Never seen Tom on TV. Never seen Tom a day in my life. Tom was the guy that witnessed to the guy that blew it up for Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, you might have one life, but your life matters. One life. That one life could set the world on fire. And it's your assignment. I'm telling you, man, you're important. You better elevate your game. Look what he says. And the very God of peace says, I pray your whole, everybody say, spirit, soul, body. Be blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I like that, right? Everybody say, I am a spirit. Have a soul. Live in a body. I like that. That's good stuff. You like that? That's what I get about. I like it. I, oh, I like that, too. I like how Brother Andrew does it with the rings. The Olympic rings are strong. That's better than that circle, right? Because you got to understand, because your body, right, over here, so you got your spirit. Like, you ever see the Olympic rings? So you got spirit, and then you got soul, right, and there's a connect point. And then you got body, it's a connect point. You can't get anything from your spirit to your body without going through your soul. That's where rejection is found in the, in the mind, will, and emotion of mankind. So when God blew life into Adam, he said, hey, Adam, be man became a living soul. That's what it says in the book of Genesis. So that means he came alive. So the only way you can get something from spirit to body is through soul. Does that make sense? You get that? So you're perfect. One-third of you is perfect. The spirit side is perfect. You ever notice how God only speaks to the spiritual you, never the natural you? I laugh so hard because think of like Gideon and these guys in the Bible like Gideon's hiding behind the wine press he's like hey mighty man of valor come on I'll be like yo where's Benny Hinn or something dude who did mighty man of valor where you mean me are you here you ever you ever you ever been so down and shot out you're like you cry you got snot coming out your nose tears out your eyes like Jesus and God's like get up man of God like, man, a guy, like a little baby right now, Jesus. You ever have Jesus come to you and say, hey, this is a total disaster. You're going to lose. Forget about it. Pack it in. Quit. You might as well quit. No. He never talks to you in your human frailty, even though he left human frailty in the Bible. He speaks to you in your spirituality, and he's talking so big. Sometimes in your natural, you're going, I, what do you mean? Are you crazy? Get somebody else. I quit. They, you know, he does all that weird stuff, right? Like that Gideon thing. Oh, that Gideon thing gets me. Mighty man of valor. Yeah, what do I do? Get an army. No, get some trumpets and some lamps and go down there and win the battle. Yeah, God, are you smoking crack? No, I'm not going down there in no battle. Fight a battle with trumpets. Yeah, do it. Jehoshaphat, I got an even better idea. Go against four massive armies. Walk down there and shout. Stand still and shout. When I tell you to shout, you're going to win. Yeah, okay, God. Are you here? This is crazy. I told you God is crazy a long time ago. He's crazy. He doesn't think natural. That's, in all due respect, it's crazy. It's literally crazy outside of your mind. But don't live in your mind, live in your spirit. So where does God speak to me? Why am I telling you? He speaks to you in your spirit, and then your spirit has to renew your mind because your mind goes squirrely. Your spirit has to tell your body. One third of you is perfect. The spiritual you is perfect, but the other side of you needs to be renewed. One's got to be renewed. Write this down, and the other's got to be controlled. Yeah, you got to control your body. Your body's whacked. The voice of your body contacts everything natural. You think your body's winning? Go on a diet and ride by Krispy Kreme. I'll tell you if you're winning. Hot donuts, man, that thing's speaking. You want to find the voice of your body? Tell your body it can't have something. Boy, that joker's screaming, ain't it? Man, ain't it? Hot donuts. You never wanted a donut a day in your life. Now all of a sudden you tell it no, it wants sugar. 
right? Come on. God, thank God for the creamy thing Gigi got me turned on to make my own stuff. Ready? Here's the key. Write this down. Whose voice are you listening to? That's all we got to get today. Whose voice are we listening to? We have to discern. The Bible says that there's a lot of noise out there. You got to find God's voice. How do you find God's voice? You find God's word. Did you get that? Did you pull that in? When you got God's word, you found God's voice. When you find God's voice, you found his word. And in the word is what? The spirit of God is in there. Faith is found in there. Give me three minutes, we're done. You're good. Look what it says here. Verse 27. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Well, come on, somebody. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Because I and my Father are one. See, God and his Spirit are one. Does that make sense? So this is how you get this ball rolling. One point today. I had more points. I'll give them to you next week. Here's one thing we got to do. And I know this seems like, this is simple. We know this. No, guess what? You got to get, I don't care where you're at. You might have been walking with God for 30 years. You got, some of you ain't going to remember this. The kids are never going to understand. Remember back in the day, I remember they bought me a TV. And you used to have those stupid rabbit ears on there. You know, you know what rabbit ears are? You used to have these antennas. And I was like, what do we do with this mess? And it was wavy, it was a mess. And then we had put tinfoil on it in the room, and I'm squeezing it, and I'm holding it. And I remember one time I was like, I was there doing it. I was like, oh, this is great. And then you let it go, and it goes all back to wacko. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to stay here the rest of my life and watch TV like this? I mean, it's a mess. And, and then you get it just right. And then really, really right, we, used to, we didn't have digital TV. Oh, my God, I'm getting old, right? We didn't have digital nothing. We have no digital radio. You used to have that thing. I remember 8-track. Remember that? You had to shut that big old box in there, right? You know, back in the day, preachers were listening reel to reel. You used to have to walk around with a recording studio to hear the word of God, you know? And, and I remember getting in the car, and I remember turning that dial. You know, your jam's on. You're like, whoo, there it is, right there. And you let it go, and it's gone. And you're like, trying to get your jam right, and then your jams are coming and going. You have no digital nothing, right? And you just have to get the free. Now, where is the frequency? One time I was preaching here, right? I'm preaching, and I'm preaching, and praise be to God. And all of a sudden, you hear it come to one six nine two four seven eight two seven one eight six seven eight. I was like, we got the air, we got to be on a bandwidth here because we're close to the airport. This is the truth. Because we're close to the airport, we cannot be on any frequency we want to be on. We have to be on specific frequencies so we do not interfere with air traffic control. It's the God's honest truth. Why? Do you see this stuff? I don't know where, where is it? It's here. There's radio waves, TV waves, it's all here. I don't know where it is. I don't even know how to do this stuff. Something's in the cloud now. I don't know where this cloud is. It's in the clouds. I don't know, the other day the cloud wasn't working. I was like, what does that mean? I have no idea. I'm techie nowhere. I give my phone to the kids. Do that thing. They, 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 got, they have to interpret my craziness, right, with this. Do that thing. So do you see these sound waves? They're here. Do you see these radio waves? They're here. God is speaking to you, trust me, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, takes no days off, Continually speaking. Do you got the frequency right? Or we got to slow down a little bit. Now, here's the big thing with God. He don't work on your schedule. He works on his. 
you got to make, well, how many of you got to turn your volume down? Because you're so noisy inside, you can't hear. How many of you got to maybe move the dial just a little bit? I got to slow down a little bit. I got to take a day. How many got to move those rabbit ears? Tell us a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I got to get a little right in the house. Get it right. Because I got to hear more clear. Because, Pastor Chris, you tell me, heaven's talking to me 24. Heaven takes no days off. It's always talking. God's always talking. And you know what's funny? I'll give you one. Because you guys, some of you guys have been walking with God for a minute. This was a good one. All my life, I always felt he's doing it. I got that timer. Yes, I'm on that. I always felt like it was the inward witness. It's always, the, right? How you led, you led first by the inward witness. How are you led? You're led by the inward witness. One day I'm walking out and I forgot my keys. They weren't my car keys. They were keys I needed to get in. And I kid you not, it wasn't audible, but it was loud inside. Don't forget those keys. I could hear it. Like, whoa, man, I was like, thank you, Holy Ghost. I didn't hear it audibly, please. You know how you can hear something inside? And, and I heard, I went, I was like, he's like, don't forget those keys. I was like, oh man, I would have forgot. I was totally oblivious. And I went still and I said, man, God, I kind of heard that inside. He goes, that's the number one way I lead you. I said, whoa, now, wait a minute. Now, this is me. I don't, this is me telling you and leave it alone. And I, nobody can really go there because scripture only tells you so much. Okay, but take this. This is how I heard inside and I'm not preaching my experience. I'm just telling you what I heard. He said, I'm talking to you all the time. You just ain't listening. That's right. So what I got to do is because you're a little dense, this is what he told me, not you. He goes, because you're a little dense in hearing, I got to give you witness because you can't hear me first. But I'm speaking to you first before I'm ever nudging you internally. It's really good. But because you know what it is? I'm, not on, I'm running 100 million miles like everybody else. Got to do this. Got to pick up the kids. Got to do that. Got to go here. Got to go there. Got to go this. Got to call this guy. Got to text. Got to phone. Got in the car. It's office. Car's in office. Blah, 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 blah. This, that, the other thing. Got to do it. And this guy's like, okay, cool. I get it. I'll get to you as I can. But man, when I started slowing my internal processor down, you can be going 100 million miles an hour, but you keep your in inside calm to hear. John G. Lake was working in the stock market making money. And he said, no matter what I was doing with my hands in the earth, I always kept my spirit connected to heaven. You train yourself to keep your spirit. I hear his voice. It's quiet. God don't get loud. Still small voice. It's in a still small voice. To hear that still small voice, you got to slow down. He ain't turning up the volume. You got to turn down your noise. Just get close. Get a little internally quiet. God, and then do this. Dude, he loves this. God, lead me today. When you get up in the morning, God, lead me today. Speak to me today. Ask questions all day. Ask God questions all day long. Out of your mouth. Out of your mouth. Ask God questions. What about this? What about that? He ain't going to answer right away, but he'll answer you. He might answer some of them automatically, but ask questions. How do I do this? What do I do? How do I expand the business? How do I do it? How do I, how do I, how do I raise the kids? What do I do here? What do I do there? How do I do this? How do I, how, what about this? What did you say in the Bible? The other day, man, oh, it was the answer to some. I didn't have the answer. Somebody, this is really good. If John's watching, I'm answering his question. This is a really good question. He said, we were talking about words. He goes, what if I, this is so good. You want to hear this? You got a minute? Okay. John asked me the other day, and he wouldn't mind me asking, one of the guys in church. He said, if I don't say it, but I just text it, is that like negative if it's negative? I said, that's a really good question. Let me think about it. The other day I was thinking about something and somebody was talking about uh, uh, um, um, John. 
And I laughed so hard because it was funny. And how God spoke it to me, he said, what happened when I put him on mute? What are you going to name the child? He couldn't speak until he wrote. Call him John. God said, tell him his answer's right there. I said, what do you mean his answer's right there? He said, your writing is just as valuable as your speech. Because when you had no speech, your writing was the answer. So don't write bad stuff. That's the answer to the question. I'm I'm like, I ain't that smart, bro. (laughs) I said, God, that's really good. He said, what? What did he say? He said, what shall we call the child? He said, well, you're going, he said, no, he goes, he put him on mute. Why did he put him on mute? He said, because if you keep opening your mouth, you're going to jack everything up. So while you're on mute, you cannot name the child. Why? Because you will screw this up, Zach. You will make a mess and a problem. So what did he tell him to do? He said, I cannot become on mute until I write John. His name shall be called John. And when it was fulfilled, it was finished. So what you write is just as important as what you say. So don't send no bad texts. They might come back. That's quick, though. That's good. Write it down. Make it plain. I don't know. I'm just saying there. How'd you get an answer? Got an answer because I got a question. If you don't have questions, you won't find answers. That's why you talk to God all day long. Talk to him. 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 He loves it. He may be invisible, but trust me, he's real. You ain't going to see him, but he'll answer you through things. Okay? Praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. That you're allowing us to hear clearer and louder than ever before. Thank you that from this moment forward, we're going to follow you greater. I feel that in my spirit. Let me say this out loud. Some of you are walking through transition. Transition is never easy because you can't stay where you are and you don't know where you're going. Transition's okay. Even though it's a little scary, God's going to be faithful. Never look at these seasons of transition as opportunities to go back. There's nothing to go back to. That's why you're uncomfortable. God sometimes lets you stay hidden in obscurity till he takes you to a place where he can reveal you before people, but in the midst of that thing, it's lonely. Don't mind the obscure season because you're hidden, but you're only hidden for a period of time. Because the next season after you go through transition, God elevates you. When he elevates you, now you cannot go back. Don't be quick to get something that God wants to give you in your timing. Let it come in his. Because when it comes in his timing, it comes in the perfect timing. It comes with the perfect grace for the place and allows you to accomplish more than you could ever do on your own. Don't be in a hurry. Understand that the hidden season is really about capacity for you to handle pain. Because if you can't handle pain privately, you'll fall apart publicly. And if you fall apart publicly as a leader, it hurts everybody. So God leaves you alone in this obscure place to handle pain for promotion. Never for punishment because God don't punish, but it's pain because it's lonely. And it's quiet. And it feels like God forgot you. But God doesn't forget anybody. So hang on. Hold on. 
Get ready. Because it gets quiet for a moment. And then he'll pull you into another season. And you'll never get this season back again. And this season is all about trust. But I can't trace him and I can't track him. That's why you got to trust him. Because you don't know where. And the funniest thing about this, I can't go back. There's nothing to go back to. You're elevated, but you're in transition. You're going to a place you've never been before and you don't know how to navigate there until you get there. So hang on. Trust them. Hold on. And know the perfect timing will be exactly on time. And now remember this. When you think about it, tell God, I trust you. It's going to get wild. Might get a little bumpy. But just follow his voice. And like the guy said, just do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. Everything's going to be all right. He's going to tell you exactly what to do when you need to do it. Because if it's in front of you, you can handle it. It might not be easy, but God's going to be faithful. And I believe it in Jesus' mighty name, and you receive it. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a minute. That's a powerful word for someone. If that was you that that word was for, hold on to it. Don't let go of it. There's a grace for you in this season that you're in. Maybe you're sitting in here today. Maybe you say, Pastor Chris has been talking about hearing God's voice. I don't hear anything because maybe you don't really know him. Maybe you've never asked him to come into your heart. Maybe you've never asked him. I said, there's a difference between saying a prayer and asking him to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you've prayed that prayer before, but you say today, I want to make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Maybe you've never known him, but you want to. If you'll be real quiet for a minute and close your eyes, keep your heads, just keep yourself connected to heaven. You'll hear his voice saying, come. And if that's you right now, whether you're in this room or whether you're watching online, and you say, today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Would you just wave at me real quick and say, that's me this morning. I'm not going to make you come down here. I'm not going to make you do anything like that. I just want to pray with you. Can we all just pray together? Just say, dear Jesus, I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God. And I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life, Forgive me of my sins. And from this day forward, I choose you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said amen and amen. Come on and just rejoice for a minute. We'll join heaven. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you'd like some information about what you did, you can go right back to our Relevant Lounge. Someone will be there to pray with you, to give you some information. Well, you guys ready to go listen a little, little better this week? Be hearing God's voice, asking questions, do all those things. We love you. God bless you and go have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.